Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations community anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the Legal Ops community. So grab that glass of wine and get comfy as we share stories from the Legal Ops community aimed at digging deeper to find and release your inner brilliance, personally and professionally. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Dear Legal Ops. I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. On today's episode, we'll take a shot of an aged and yeho. And baby, we're rolling, rolling, rolling down the Legal Operations 101 River. We'll dig deeper into my backhanded response to a sales request for content with Hanny. I love it when vendors ask Legal Ops people to do their work for them for free, and will easily digest the core competencies and foundational elements of our profession. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. Our first letter today comes from Annie, grab your gun and checkbook, Oakley from Gotcha, Georgia. Dear Legal Ops, Why are API integrations so difficult to comprehend? I've been burned in the past by vendors telling me these integrations are simple, straightforward, and included in the price of admission. In reality, it ended up being confusing and required costly customizations. What are some gotcha moments that won't leave me gooped and gagged before I embark on a new technology implementation? Well, Annie, Today, hopefully, we're not going to grab that gun or checkbook and give you some real practical advice on things to look out for in avoidance of technology snafus, specifically when vendors overprice and underdeliver. So, how can vendors help companies with API management? Whew, talk about a first date icebreaker. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's dial back that modem, dear legal ops style and enter that AOL API chat room. For those unfamiliar just with what API means, API is, cue the boring music, shortened for Application Programming Interface. But y'all, for the rest of us, we refer to this simply as just API. In LegalOps primary language, these interfaces are what allows these technology and software solutions to communicate with each other. Think of it as, an advanced game of telephone with those two Campbell soup cans and a long piece of string. All right, now that Annie and I have been on our first date, I don't know about y'all, but I'm starving for that API deep dish. APIs can equip legal operations with success stories, but oftentimes they're confusing. What are we actually talking about? So for this example, for this date, Annie, girl, Let's compare the API process with ordering pizza from your favorite food delivery app. I'm looking you straight in the eyes from across the table. But first, would you mind grabbing that checkbook as we order that first slice of heaven together? So as we open our app and order that grub, we really honestly just care about two things as humans, whether we're in legal operations or not, right? The price and how quickly it can get into our bellies. Once we hit that submit button, let's go ahead and order another round of drinks and watch as that food gets delivered. Make sure those notifications are enabled. As we eagerly watch head of lettuce deliver that mm, delicious delicacin, what Annie and I really don't realize is that map embedded within the delivery platform 
is filled with this API magic. As end users, we see those live location trackings in real time, but we never actually think about how many employees it took to develop and maintain and get that web mapping platform out the door. All that hard work is often richly rewarded as success behind the scenes, much like legal operations, but you never see that technology and software platform that those CIOs, CLOs, or GCs simultaneously breathe a collective sigh of relief that they don't have to spend more money to hire more people to customize a map. It's already there. You see, because they didn't have to hire hundreds of people to develop a map, they focused on the product at hand. This is the real goal of legal operations. So as they plugged their dream design into a mapped API and, oh, would you look at that, that pizza's here, we're now focused on really scaling the product next. So you see, that API, it's just about taking that food delivery app, linking it to a mapping application, and now all of a sudden we have information that can quickly be pulled and represented. Here at Dear Legal Ops, we love nothing but a good success story. But much like Annie, this is only sometimes the case. Look, it's not easy, especially on a first date. If you've adequately vetted what you think is that easy API solution, it sometimes can actually turn into a buy now, pay later nightmare if you have older systems and don't have the resources needed. Remember, as we're going to talk about often on this show, you can't just purchase a vehicle. You must have a driver to take it off the lot and bring it back for regularly scheduled maintenances like oil changes. The same is for any type of technology solution you purchase. You must have internal IT project stakeholders and developers or people to lead the project end to end. Without that, a good success story turns into a failed API disaster. Annie, now that we've finished that deep dish, are you ready for some dessert? I'm here to pour you another glass of wine. But for our audience out there, go ahead and grab that notepad because we're going to shift from setting the API foundation to looking out for those cracks that could crumble your technical infrastructure. So when asking that eager vendor about their, quote, seamless API integration, let's dig deeper by asking the following questions. One, can they actually provide documentation and case studies on the API integration? This should include how many of their current customers actively use the integration. Y'all, can you imagine being the only user of a vendor's API that has thousands of current customers? We have to be smarter than the technical solutions we purchase by not saying, hey, we're going to take you for your advice by saying, quote, it works. And then when things go wrong, we actually are the ones that are falling on the sword. Two, what is your technology support process when encountering an API issue? Is your vendor just going to pass you from team to team within the organization like a member of Delta, Delta, Delta? Ladies and gentlemen, just because everyone has tried this approach does not mean it won't be riddled with cautious promises and implementation details often lost in the handoff. I once had a vendor tell me their average turnaround time for any technical question was three to five business days. Hell, I've waited longer to be ghosted on dating apps and I wasn't paying for that pleasure. We've all worked with vendors during the pre-sales honeymoon phase. You know, that one where they escalate your questions immediately, only to have them ghost you after you've signed a contract. 
remember, API support should be consistent throughout the entire process. And third, last but not least, ask for a quick test sandbox environment so that you can drive that API off the lot. Imagine going to a car dealership and asking them to test drive that vehicle, the one you've really been wanting to buy since you got that new role, only to be told the vehicle was only on display and didn't have an engine? Look, an API should not be the little engine that could or couldn't without fine print, with limited conditions, only applicable when the company is full staffed. That API needs to be able to support our growing technology community. If you can't test and play with a product before purchasing, walk away. Annie, hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but APIs are complicated. So slow down, baby. Third-party integrations, APIs, and data-driven decisions, they can give you so much unlimited joy, much like your favorite date. Like Patty from Millionaire Matchmaker, it can often be love at first sight. But buyer beware, it can be a true time sink if you ultimately find out your API is as fake as Fire Festival. Before grabbing your gun and misfiring your annoying, pointless integration, see what I did there? Keep your eye on the target to avoid future heartache, misspent effort, or financial loss. Another way to put API. You are choosing vendors with API solutions, and they're focused on that strong post-development support. Heck, you're getting that constant, consistent feedback without a three to five day turnaround, and ultimately a track record of innovation products at the best price. I know there's tons of you forward-thinking legal operation innovators who are shopping for an API vendor currently. So remember, do your research, talk to current and past customers, and heck, ask your legal operations community connections for their trusted opinion. Now, finally, to my vendors, let me wrap up this letter by speaking directly to you. The goal of this episode is not to fire flames at our vendor community at large, but to help educate other legal operation professionals by, heck, sharing our tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. If I'd had a dime each time I avoided these API red flags or raised an eyebrow or two sooner, I'd have saved hundreds of hours of all-nighters as I cleaned up vendors. Of course our product offers that. Mess. Vendors, by working directly within our community in a positive, collaborative way that supports each other's goals, we can create winning solutions for everyone. And I'm not talking about texting your favorite legal operations person and asking them to create a meme for you so that you can sell your product. Legal operation often moves mountains to get deadlines pushed forward and sales contracts signed. But at what cost? By shifting the narrative with clarity and diplomacy and away from this, we're going to point the finger at each other, this matrimony creates a new style of learning and hopefully, kind of like Patty the Matchmaker, one made for heaven. These conversations can lead to new ideas and spurn innovation, something every company and legal operations superstar can agree is valuable. So next time, check yourself before you wreck yourself and stop selling us a bag of stale API solutions, or we may just bounce our check before it hits your bank account. This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io is the fastest growing community and marketplace for legal talent. 
Legal.io connects legal professionals to resources and opportunities at the world's leading in-house departments and firms. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal ops professionals, attorneys, paralegals, and so many other legal professionals at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical-specific marketplace can provide. Supported by significant investors like Tiger Global, Legal.io is redefining the legal workspace. If you want to learn about the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, access salary surveys with compensation data as unique as you, and join their vibrant in-house legal community, visit www.legal.io. That's L-E-G-A-L dot I-O. Legal.io, your gateway to a global legal talent marketplace designed with the legal operations community in mind. Our second letter comes from TLDR Tina from Cliffsnote, California. Dear Legal Ops, I don't know how to digest this information overload from the clock core 12 to ACC's legal operation maturity model that has 14 core competencies. I'm transitioning into legal operations after working on the legal tech side for a law firm. So this isn't my first time at the rodeo. How can I make a skinny legal operations milkshake so all the right boys will show up in my in-house yard? Please impart your TLDR and legal operations core competencies so I can finally check out of the library and cruise down the Legal Ops 101 highway. Oh, Tina, Tina, Tina. This question has popped up numerous times in our inbox. So let's dust off the corporate legal operations core competency cobwebs and spin a brand new one. Legal operations, from what we've seen in this community as of late, we have to focus on business data-driven decisions that understands the company's goals. Does legal fit into the company's goals to consolidate analytics? Or are you really more focused on spend management during times of economic uncertainty? The legal operations profession is growing and thriving with limitless opportunities and welcoming professionals with diverse experiences from everywhere. Knowing the terms, expectations, and functions, I get it. It can be overwhelming as our landscape continually shifts. That's one of the many reasons why Dear Legal Ops is here. We strive to provide opportunities for our community to share and learn about all the good things legal operations. I've created a Legal Operations 101 deck for multiple roles in different companies. Each time it becomes crystal clear that overcoming the lack of legal operation buy-in hurdles, it's really about connecting those dots on the foundational elements in those critical function areas of corporate legal operations. So if we were to use all the excellent resources out there, from CLOCK to ACC to community-led groups, we could boil down Legal Operations 101 into three main buckets. People, payments, and process. Yes, the Tom Stevenson Legal Ops 101. But you know how this Legal Ops 101 was crafted? With all of my friends in the community from Carl at MGM to many mentors like Mary, Connie, and Steph to bosses 
and coworkers that just said, hey, we finally get this. This Legal Operations 101 has really been a love letter to our community. So as we break it down, dear Legal Ops style, let's dive first into people. And it's really broken into two buckets. The first bucket, organizational optimization and health, it's all about driving that strategic plan so we can build a strong, effective, and driven legal team. Practical examples, because I know we're trying to boil things down for this audience that's really easy to digest. These practical examples are hiring initiatives, onboarding and offboarding with new team members, planning that department retreat and team building exercise for both your practice group and the legal leadership team. Finally, building career frameworks that include planning and mentorship opportunities. The second bucket under people is knowledge management and information governance. So we're capturing, we're distributing, and effectively using that structured and tactic knowledge asset to support our company's compliance and operational requirements. And I've had a lot of discussion with people that have said, information governance, is that a thing? I have a lot of friends that say that is the only thing, and some that say, I don't really use that here. So think of information governance less about that archaic term that ultimately talks about brick-and-mortar data centers that store information, but really protecting it as an asset, as a true valuable piece of information that can help internal and external initiatives. So practical examples of this are learning advancement opportunities, creating an intranet or legal landing page, and I love creating these both for my internal legal team and external for the entire business, or researching CLEs and conferences. I also think the information governance part is important because you can develop standard operating procedures and playbooks and then share that knowledge within your team about the way each practice group works. Our second category, payments, so we went from people to payments, includes two categories. And the first one is outside counsel and external initiatives. So we're managing a comprehensive outside counsel program that includes all our law firms, all of our vendors. Hey, y'all, nice to see you in a letter two as well. And those managed services so that we can maximize the value, evaluate the performance, and really improve predictability. So when you discuss external initiatives, we should include outside counsel and those vendors that are not law firms. The difference here is that these external initiatives push past just having an e-billing system review the invoices to make sure that someone is adhering to your billing guidelines. These external initiatives are rooted in law firm diversity surveys, intern and extern secundi programs, and other collaborative initiatives. So practical examples of this are getting that intern extern secundi program not only off the ground, but reach out to your diverse universities so that you can actually have a summit and an onboarding program that is as diverse and in support of your initiatives as the collective representatives. Create that DEI scorecard for your programs and stay up to date by going to those conferences so you can understand when service delivery trends up and supporting alternative legal service providers when necessary for cost-saving measures. Our second bucket under the payments category is financial planning, forecast, and strategy. So 
For those in corporate legal operations or wanting to know what FP&A stands for, you have it right there, Financial Planning and Analysis, FP&A. So in conjunction with your legal leadership team, you're going to want to plan and assess the budget so that you can support those enterprise objectives. It's important to understand a company's budget so you can understand as a whole and where legal fits in its place. So go through that budget. Make friends with your business partners. Make sure that Brenda knows how the bills are paid and when they're paid. Develop that great relationship. Because while some legal spending is predictable, oftentimes we're just trying to get a handle on the legal spend as we're getting up to date with our shifting dynamic landscape. So you need to have a robust legal spending and matter management system in place. This ultimately helps you track your spending, predict future spending, and manage unpredictable expenditures. So practical examples of this financial planning, forecasting, and strategy bucket is found within your regular budget and legal spending meetings. So make sure you have regular meetings with finance, with accounting, and with your legal leadership. Prepare that accrual workbook at the end of the month and make sure that it's an accurate representation to company shareholders. And finally, have those regularly scheduled talent planning meetings because while you think that that's only applicable under the people bucket, it also is under the payments bucket for every person that we hire and every person that we promote that is more money that is potentially coming out of legal's budget. So they tie hand in hand. I'm so glad y'all sticked around for the third one because I thought I was losing some of you. So let's get back to the fun. Process and technology, the third bucket. So we have people, payments, process. Technology and data analytics. So this is all about my tech nerds out there. We're collecting, we're analyzing that relevant data. We're taking our tools and our industry sources to provide metrics and dashboards that dive deep into those efficiencies and optimize spend. Mm, sexy. The legal ops function is responsible for managing all of our technology and workflows. So vendors, it will be much easier if you help us adequately and appropriately invest in robust technology. But you have to exercise caution when bringing aboard a new technology. As I said earlier, you must have a driver who takes the car off the lot and brings it back in for regularly scheduled maintenances. Practical examples of technology and data analytics include developing metrics and analytic dashboards, creating that legal tech roadmap, and then making sure that legal ops is aligned with all your practice group initiatives so that you're squeezing the most out of your workflow automation tool. The second and final category under the process bucket is project management and practice operations. Honestly, this is my favorite because you get to be fun, creative, live in the clouds by developing scalable processes and workflows that, yes, yes, they do, you know, increase the quality, efficiency, effectiveness of legal operations, yada, yada, yada. But you're creating people who are driving these projects and practice operations to empower them to cross-functionally work with other teams so you can solve problems, you can find opportunities for improvements, and then get creative and develop solutions and actionable recommendations through this rigorous data-driven process. So, I think practical examples are important for project and practice operations when you think about things that you may not have to spend money on, which means process improvement exercises so that you can identify gaps, using overflow to stand up a mini PMO or project management office initiative under legal operations, and that oh-so-buzzworthy phrase of change management. 
Look, by boiling down all of the wonderful resources into people, payments, and processes, we are overcoming one of the biggest challenges facing legal operations professionals, which is understanding across the entire legal ecosystem how to set it up for success. I'm going to continue to repeat over and over, education in business acumen, professional mentorship, and cross-functional collaboration are critical to overcoming the challenges of legal operations professionals. And if we can help boil down what we're trying to convey in a simple and easily digestible message, yes, still very hungry after that slice of pizza, then legal operations is here. With so much on your plate, whether you're dealing with law firms or legal tech vendors, how do you focus on the areas that impact your delivery and value of legal services? There are three takeaways that I hope really empower everyone to go back and further those intentional and better collaborative conversations within our legal operations landscape. One, the key to success for a legal operations professional is maintaining a solid relationship with your boss, whether that's the GC, the CLO, and ladies and gentlemen, be in tune with the ever-changing business priorities of the organization. Don't let that earthquake knock you off your pedestal. You've worked hard to get there, and ultimately, you have to be as flexible as Gumby in times of economic uncertainty. Two, legal operations teams are now shifting priorities from these solely tactical administrative duties to creative strategic areas, process improvements, emphasizing consistency with workflow automations, metrics and data analytics, diversity initiatives. Oh my God, there's so many. But I'll stop and pause. Now more than ever, legal operations is actively looking to partner with law firms and legal tech providers to discuss practical solutions and strategies focused on collaboration, process efficiency, and operational excellence in the delivery of legal services. Third, and most importantly, Furthering intentional and better collaboration within legal operations starts outside of the house. Find yourself a community you can lean into. Find yourself a business coach that can help up-level skills that you may be too shy to share with others. Or whenever you are feeling like you aren't sure of what's going on, but afraid to ask, that's what Dear Legal Ops is here for. We're here to share your stories anonymously, to take a pulse of the community, and to give back as much as been given to us. Because ultimately, we're looking to solve these legal problems through collaborative technologies, peoples, payments, and processes. And just like that, it's last call. Community. It's an expansive term often used here at Dear Legal Ops. And we're actually talking about family. The community is more than being born or chosen, but sharing a sense of purpose and interests. And as we grab another glass of wine and dig deeper into these letters each week, I'm continually energized by the level of compassion, kindness, and genuine care to pick each other up during times of need within our legal operations ecosystem. Look, it's hard. People are getting the rugs pulled out from under them with more and more layoffs announced each and every day. 
So trust is vital in creating a safety net inside our rapidly growing professional legal community. Law firms, in-house operations, and legal tech vendors, we all need to come together to provide help where and when it is required. So come on, y'all, share your knowledge about legal operations with someone recently laid off and looking for a career change. Or form that legal operations community advisory board if you're a legal tech vendor looking to create that new and shiny API. In tough times, shifting the narrative from what can I do to what can we do gives hope about the possibility of support, change, and transformation within our thriving and growing legal operations community. And if you're looking to get a head start in this community, we'd love to hear from you. Head over to dearlegalops.com submit and tell us what legal operations hurdles you're struggling with. I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. Until next time. For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Share your legal ops stories with us at dearlegalops.com slash submit for a chance to be featured on the show. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. Until next time.